Welcome, everyone. This is Adam Coleman. With me today, we have Jim Tucker, who is a certified financial planner and co-founder of Tucker Brio Wealth Strategies out of Durham, North Carolina. We're going to talk a little bit more about different retirement strategies, both pre- and post-retirement. So, Jim, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, Adam. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure. Well, before we begin, tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you decide to go into financial planning. Well, I'm a mid-career changer. So I had 20 years in the corporate world and also in some company startups. And then I decided to get off an airplane and use some of the understanding that I had with the financial world to go into wealth management first with some of the big firms, and then in 2013, branching out into the independent space with my business partner, Pat Bria. And we've grown Tucker Bria to be a great option for many of our clients in both retirement planning and strategy, as well as some strategies for the younger generation as they start into the working world and into the savings world. Well, that kind of speaks to what we were wanting to go through, I guess, on the early stages with the early accumulation stage of retirement planning. So we talk about a few different buckets of money, both taxable, tax deferred, and tax free. And maybe speak a little bit more to that in terms of general education for people to know where can they invest their money. Right. Well, so the majority of us, when we think about savings, in general, it comes through an employer retirement savings plan. It's very difficult when we see money in our checking account and possibly certainly when we're younger uh, to have all those costs of eating, having a house, raising a family. It's hard to save anything after the fact. So paying yourself first uh, by putting money away for retirement into 401k is sort of the standard bearer way that most people are saving money. There are interim goals, whether it be college savings, whether it be saving for a down payment on a house or renovations to a home. Your, your most expensive asset for many of us is the real estate world. But, but really, there's not a lot of money left over for the younger person. But I'd love to talk about where that young person should be putting away their money in 401ks. And that's a great segue. So what do you consider for that person, the order in which they contribute kind of their next dollar? You hear it sometimes referred to as financial order of operations or where you want to invest that next bit of savings. What do you see the order or the sequence of where those funds usually go to? Right. So the first way is to make sure you're not leaving money on the table. And that means making sure that you're contributing enough to your 401k so you get an employer match. Typically that match is between three and 6% for most of us. And if you're under age 40, my perspective is 100% of that money should go into a Roth 401k, not into a traditional 401k that's pre-tax. This is one of the areas where financial advisors and tax professionals are wired a little bit differently. What I've done by recommending that all the money go into your Roth 401k account is that I'm costing you tax dollars in the current tax year. Meaning that let's just say you earn $100,000 a year and you're putting away $10,000. Well, by putting money into a Roth, which is after tax money, your W-2 is gonna say $100,000 that you've earned. If you put in money 
pre-tax in the traditional IRA, that $10,000 allows you to show only $90,000 on your W-2. So you would save money in the current tax year. The difference is that when you start needing the money and take the money out 15, 20, 30 years down the road, if that $10,000, and we'll just say doubles every 10 years, which is roughly what can happen with even some general investing, is that after 20 years, that $10,000 doubles twice. So now it's up to $30,000. That $30,000 is tax-free if it's in a Roth. So you can take that money out tax-free, $30,000. If it's in the traditional uh, IRA or 401k, where you've earned the tax break at $10,000, you then are paying taxes on that $30,000. So the short answer is for anyone under 40, if you can stomach the current tax liability that you have, put the money into a Roth, put as much as you can into a Roth 401k first. What are your thoughts on if they don't offer a Roth, because it, it is becoming more prominent, which is nice, but if they only have a traditional 401k, do you then more revert to a Roth IRA before you go back to the 401k? Okay, so, so great question. So first, again, I would be surprised in today's world because the, the Roth, as you said, is a newer feature of 401ks. But the Roth 401k has been around for maybe eight years now. So most plans are there. But even if you don't have that option, absolutely make sure you're putting money into your 401k to get the company match. So you want to participate to get the company match first. And then if you want to start creating a Roth account and having some Roth savings, and you're under age 50, I believe the current number right now is $6,500 that you can put in irrespective of whether you've maxed out at the $20,500 amount for 401k, you can always put in an IRA money. And I believe the, the, the number is $6,500. And if you've earned too much, because there is an earnings test for individual Roth contributions, there is not an earnings test for 401k Roth contributions. So if you earn too much money, you have to do what's referred to as a backdoor Roth. What a backdoor Roth means is you put money into a traditional IRA, basically after tax, you put in that $6,500, and then the next day you convert that money into a Roth IRA account. So that's called a conversion. And if you don't have any other IRA money, if you don't have any other traditional IRA money, then that full conversion is basically tax-free. The conversion is because you've put in after-tax money and then you really haven't let it grow at all and you convert it the next day. And then it's basically, you know, that's $6,500. If you have other IRA accounts, there's a pro rata rule and my view is in the early years, just assume that you're going to be paying sort of tax twice on that conversion from the standpoint that it goes in after tax. But then if it's $6,000 out of 
a $100,000 of IRA money already, you're basically paying tax on that again. So again, I'm causing you some current tax liability for a long-term benefit. So again, the Roth strategy is something for older individuals where we didn't have that opportunity early in our careers. We may have huge traditional IRA money that the most straightforward way and not worrying initially about conversion, but just any new money that you have. So in the 2023 or 2024 years, to put as much as you can into your Roth 401k with your new contributions. And then you always have the ability to convert, whether it's 401k money or whether it's traditional IRA money, you can convert but conversion can create a tax liability for you that you just want to understand. I made a mistake before I was a financial advisor where I converted $100,000 from a traditional IRA into a Roth. Now that's great because I was younger. I was in my early 40s. The challenge is that $100,000 conversion meant as that I actually earned $100,000 more in that one year. So please don't make my mistake don't convert a huge amount in one year because anything that you convert is considered income in that tax year and increases your tax liability. So do it in smaller chunks. That's the one experience piece of advice that I can share because I did it wrong. And that pro rata rule is definitely one that a lot of people don't understand. I feel like people hear the backdoor Roth and go, that sounds like a great idea. And then they forget about the fact that they have traditional IRA funds. I personally had that issue because of rollover. So I had like right. traditional 401ks. If you had that from a previous company, you rolled it over thinking, oh, I'm doing a great job rolling it over into an IRA. That's traditional money. You now have to worry about the pro rata rule on that. So that's something to consider when you're leaving companies and you're thinking about rolling over. Definitely consider the pro rata rule when it comes to eventually doing like a backdoor raw. Adam, and that's a great point because let me touch on rollovers for a brief moment. It used to be that company 401k plans were outrageously expensive. They had all these hidden expenses inside of them. So as a financial advisor, it was a really straightforward conversation with my clients to say, oh, absolutely, you want to get it out of your 401k. Because of some education of companies, as well as some lawsuits against some organizations because of the excessive fees that were embedded in 401ks, it's not necessarily anymore, from my perspective, an absolute requirement that you should definitely roll over your 401k from a previous employer. There are a number of reasons why it does make sense to do it, but two of the reasons, or one reason went away. I, I don't think the, the internal expenses of 401ks are as outrageously uh, overbearing as they used to be. And the second is, and that's a minor issue, but something that all of your listeners should be uh, aware of is, Money in a 401k has a lot more creditor protection against bankruptcy than if it's in an IRA. So if it's not, so if it's rolled over, you have less creditor protection in an IRA than you do have in a 401k. Again, a minor point for most of us, hopefully we're not going bankrupt or anything, but it is something to just be aware of. 
Absolutely. No, it's good advice. And that is something that I don't see a lot of people mention when thinking about rolling over. It is going back to uh, my investment options aren't as good through the 401k or it's more expensive fees. So I'm going to roll it over, but they don't think about the credit protection piece of it. So that's good to know. Well, the one thing that for our clients that you can lose, I mean, most 401k plans now have some type of advisor who you can pick up the phone and call, but their knowledge of your specific situation is typically a lot less than an advisor who you've been working with for a period of time. And that, from my perspective, it's less now about cost and more about the strategy of how you're invested and how you're allocated and what are some of possibly the interim goals before retirement that you may or may not need someone to be assisting you that has a, a little bit more deep understanding of your specific situation? Any high-level advice for someone early on in their career in terms of what type of investment options you would typically see in those 401ks or Roth IRAs? Great question. And so I have an opinion. I always have an opinion. But my opinion is I do not like the retirement target date funds. And I won't go into the, all the reasons why, but that's my perspective. What I much prefer are the asset allocation funds. So in other words, a fund that might be 50 to 70% in stocks or 70 to 85% in stocks, it becomes a set it and forget it fund. You don't have to be an investment guru to just say, okay, I'm investing with a manager whose target is to, let's say, be 75% in the stock market. Then you let that manager decide how much is international, how much is growth, what type of bond funds do you have? You, know, you can do a set it and forget it option. I like the asset allocation strategies much more than the target date funds. The target date funds historically have gotten conservative way too fast, number one. And number two, their performance, again, depending on the specific company and fund, performance typically has not been as strong as what I've seen in my experience with the asset allocation funds. So if you're relatively conservative and you don't want to get too aggressive, be in a balanced fund that might be 50 to 70% stocks. Let the manager make that decision and you can go about your day working, you're dealing with your kids, having a lot of fun and not having the paralysis that many individuals who aren't experienced in investing, you get paralyzed about what am I supposed to do and don't do anything. It's important to do something, look for an asset allocation fund that's at least 50 or 60% allocated towards stocks and you'll be just fine. What's the main difference between that and the target date funds? Is it mostly just the allocation that you're seeing is just too heavily weighted towards bonds on the target date fund or is it more heavily international? Is that the concern? Well, okay, so no. A lot of times the year of retirement is what you do. It's within five years. So it starts out just fine. You might be 90, 95% invested in stocks. But by the time you're in your mid to late 40s, that might be in the 60% investment in stocks. And that may be too conservative for you. The other piece is that if you have a target date fund that is only invested to that retirement date, typically at that retirement date where you might have 20, 25, 30 years left 
of investing and using the money, you might be 50 or 40% invested in stocks. And that's too conservative from my perspective. It's very fine to be 60% invested in stocks into retirement. The most important thing is that when you start taking money out and you are in retirement, you want to make sure that the money you need for the next year to two years is in cash. So for example, in 2021, we had a great market. You should have had two years of cash if you knew you were going to need it, whether it's for a down payment for a house or whether it's for retirement, because then 2022 happened. In 2022, the market went down. The only time you lose money in the stock market is when you sell at a loss and then have to spend the money. If you sell one fund and reinvest it in another one that you think you're going to do better, well, that's not selling at a loss. It's perfectly fine to sell at a loss if you're reinvesting the money. But when you sell and spend, that's when you lock in a loss and you can never recover from that. So obviously you can weather the storms a lot easier when it comes to that. So everybody starts worrying so much about the, the stock market, you know, shifting down, but it's not an issue unless you're having to actually liquidate the funds, like you said. So have cash, have cash. Right. How does the advice differ? Do you still like the asset allocation funds as you're getting maybe five to 10 years prior to retirement? Do you kind of see those as more of just like a set it and forget it forever until you get right at retirement? And then obviously making sure you have the cash or do you change that strategy at all as you get closer? You can have a set it and forget it fund for your entire life. And the only thing that you want to do is if you're starting to spend that money, make sure you have two years out of the market in a money market fund and that you can access and you don't have to worry about what's happening with the stock market. And then you replenish that when the, the market is up and maybe let that go down to one year or maybe even a little bit less than one year in like 2022 when the market's down. Wait for the market to recover a little bit and then slowly build back up that cash that you know you're going to need. But the set it and forget it funds, you can have for your entire investing career, one fund and maybe two funds if you want in the asset allocation. And the only thing is maybe you were 85% in stocks when you were younger, and maybe you want to dial that back to maybe 60% or 70% as you are starting to take the money out. Perfect. Okay. Any advice specific to the people that are right at retirement in terms of liquidating funds from traditional IRAs, 401ks? How does that differ from your perspective when they've hit retirement? That is a very complex question. I know it's a simple set of words together because a lot of times it depends on your social security claiming strategy. Very briefly, you may have heard the, the comment, don't ever touch principal, don't ever touch principal. Well, that's when our parents had a traditional pension where most of the money they didn't have to save. But if you're saving for retirement in a 401k, you're going to have to touch principal if you're trying to extend or delay the start of your social security claiming strategy beyond the scope of today's call, but at least trying to get to full retirement age. It may be appropriate to draw on your 401k money if you're over 59 and a half because you don't have that penalty and you're basically not penalizing yourself from what is a life decision if you claim social security too early. 
So focus on the traditional 401ks, you know, to give you options on the social security. How does it come in to play any tips or advice when it comes to the health insurance aspect of it? Well, again, Medicare is a 65 age. For many of us, we have to apply and you should apply for a Medicare Part A at 65, three months before to three months after you turn 65. And then Medicare Part B, it all depends whether you're still working or not. But if you retire early, that's another piece of the puzzle that you need to make sure you factor in, which is how are you going to cover your health care expenses until you reach Medicare age? And that's an individual, not a couple questions. So if, if you and your spouse are, say, 60, 64 and 62, you know, the older spouse just has one year to Medicare, but then the younger spouse can't go on the older spouse's plan for Medicare. They have to wait individually until they turn 65. So there is a health care component to retiring early that may require just budgeting and expecting to take money out. Now, again, if you have both a Roth and a traditional IRA, you can make a decision. I'm going to take some of that money out of a Roth, which is tax-free and some money. Again, if you're in a lower tax bracket, you can take it out of the taxable, the, the traditional 401k or IRA. And the one other thing, Adam, let me just go back is it doesn't have to be an all or nothing strategy between all into a Roth or all into a traditional, you can divide that and say, put 50% of new money into a Roth and 50% of the money into a traditional IRA with new money. So it's not an all or nothing. You can split it up at any percentages you want to. Yeah. So having the different buckets to choose from just gives you more flexibility down the road so that you can pick and choose where to pull Absolutely. the money from. So. Well, this has been perfect. I really appreciate the advice on all that. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you or learn more about your group, what's the best way to reach you? Sure. So our firm, Tucker Breer Wealth Strategies, we're located in Durham, North Carolina. You can give us a call at 919-381-5780. Again, that's 919-381-5780. Uh, Jim Tucker, I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Perfect. And I'll make sure to put the website and the contact information in the description as well. So definitely check it out. Jim, you've been great. I really appreciate all the insights and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Fantastic, Adam. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Jim.